Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back, and today is day three, and this is proving to be a very, very um, popular topic, 20 hidden sources of homes for sale, and we're actually giving you more than 20 sources of homes for sale during this podcast series, and today's podcast is sponsored by all of you. That's right. You guys are sponsoring our podcast. How? Because you continue to make this the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States, and we're listened to in 61 different countries, and I we do... Uh, pay special homage to all of our forward deployed military folks. I know we are listened to a lot in military bases around the world, so we honor all of your commitment to protecting our country. And remember, guys, please do give us a five-star review on iTunes, a five-star review on Spotify. If you're listening to us on iTunes, please remember to subscribe. And even though I can't believe I'm saying this, smash the like button on YouTube. (laughs) The person that's helping us with all this told me to make sure we ask you guys to smash the like button, which I assume means you're just supposed to, you know, click the little blue thing. Click the little blue thing that has the thumb up in the air. But, yes, thank you for continuing to make this number one less to daily podcast for real estate professionals. And please do continue to support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes, five-star review on Spotify, or really whichever widget you're listening to. But chances are it's one of those two things. Um, iTunes is something like 95% of all of our downloads. And then if you are listening to us on our fledgling YouTube station, our channel, please do smash the like button and please do subscribe. We certainly appreciate your continued support. So, Julie, um, you and I had a discussion right prior to the start of the show that we are interviewing a lot of our coaching clients, and we have thousands of them. Yes. And the ones that we're closest to, those would be our personal elite coaching clients, Mm -hmm. and asking them what their real true source for their uh, most recent closings are, especially on the listing side. Yes. And what we're discovering is almost all of them are from proactive lead generation that comes from uh, untraditional sources like what we're describing and what we're helping these guys to understand uh, from this podcast. And that doesn't surprise me, Mm -mm. but what it does surprise me is that how spoiled so many agents have been for over 10 years, not having to know how to do the real work of real estate Mm -hmm. and not having to know how to actually go outside of the normal – you know, MLS and normal sources to get business. Now they're actually having to, you know, apply the skills that hopefully they've been learning as coaching clients. Yes, they're going to have to search harder than simply just the MLS. So again, this week's real estate training and coaching podcast is focused on how to find homes for sale. The simple fact is that using the MLS, ZillowRealtor.com as your primary place to search for homes for sale are over. To succeed in this market, a real estate agent must search for homes for sale in places other agents don't or won't. And yes, that takes skill and an updated approach. I think you said it right. They've been a bit spoiled, if we're being honest. When interest rates have been below 5% for more than a decade, I, you know, I read an article about that and I thought, that's right, for more than 10 years they've been that low. That's amazing. And, uh, you know, for the past several years, home prices have been going up. Equity has been surging. So pretty much everybody was a moving enthusiast. Well, now that there's just a little bit of a change to the market, you guys are having to up your skill level. Not everybody is moving for fun anymore. I feel um, that we should remind everyone that Mm -hmm. uh, anyone who has – maybe yourselves, right? Maybe you're a consumer listening – 
not a big fan of that word, but maybe yeah. you're someone who's thinking about buying or selling and you're listening and you're not even licensed or you're thinking about purchasing for yourself. Uh, I'm here to tell you guys that this is absolutely positively the perfect time to be transacting. This is absolutely perfectly the, the best time to be buying a house, uh, especially if you're renting now. Don't delay because there is zero chance that the home prices over a long period of time will ever do anything other than continue to inflate. And there's all kinds of different research and studies that have been done all this, but here's the moral of the story. Your parents' house, right, wherever it is, and you, probably in, in the United States, most of you, how much was that house worth when they bought it? Chances are the same price as maybe a, uh, a mid-range uh, car, not even a luxury car, a new car probably. I think the new cars in the United States right now, are the average price is like $43,000 or something. Yeah. Chances are the house that your parents bought that you were raised in costs something like that. Now what it's worth, it, 10 times that, 20 times that, that trajectory will continue. That uh, long-term appreciation or inflation trend will continue. What also will continue is if you're renting, the cost of rents are going to continue to increase, usually uh, pacing with obviously the inflated prices of real estate. Wherever you are in the United States, at the very least, you absolutely positively want to do whatever it takes to no longer be a tenant and purchase a home. There is, I know there's lots of folks that try to argue that the cost of buying a house is going to be offset or the you know, cost of owning a home is offset by the opportunity cost of the money that you otherwise would have put to use in other sorts of investment vehicles. And there probably is a legitimate argument made for that. But I doubt if there's a single person listening right now that uh, is a happy that they didn't, uh, you know, for example, buy more houses. I imagine every single one of you yep. wish you had bought more real estate sooner. I'm sure every single one of you who are renting, if there's, you know, I'm sure a lot of the agents are still renting or wishing they would have purchased sooner. That feeling, that emotion of, you know, wishing you would have done something, the only way to fix that is to do something. So whether it's you or whether it's your real estate clients, understand that you're always going to have a housing expense no matter where you are in life. You're always going to have to pay for some place to live unless, unfortunately, you find yourself being homeless, being the only exception. But no matter where you are on planet Earth, especially in the United States, it's always going to be expensive and getting more expensive. Purchase a house now, even with the rising interest rates. Now, Julie and I received a good email yesterday from uh, Katie Moulton. Katie, yes. And um, – Actually, I don't think her name's Mol last name's Moulton. She got Christensen, married. Christensen, maybe. Christensen, yes. Katie Christensen, yeah. who's a podcast listener. So, Katie, we shared Julie with. Uh, I shared with Julie your text that you sent me about the builder in your marketplace, and here was the gist of it. So, obviously, interest rates are going up, but so is construction costs, and we're going to get to point number eleven here in a second. We're just hoping to motivate you guys with some good old fashioned education. So inflation is causing the cost of building a new home in mostly Des Moines, Iowa, where she sells real estate to increase. And the average sale price in Des Moines, Iowa now is like $400,000, which is amazing. Um, and so the uh, point being is cost of construction is going through the roof. At the same time, the inflate, I'm sorry, the cost of the interest, the borrowed money is increasing as well. So what the borrowers are doing is what we're, what the builders are doing and the borrowers are doing is exactly what Julie and I prescribed to all of you a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago at this point, is to learn how to work with the different types of mortgage products that are out there. So what Katie said they're doing, I think it was a, a 10-1 adjustable rate, wasn't it that? So basically the basically. rate, the rate, if I remember correctly, we're probably going to have to make this up because I don't remember. Mm -hmm. But if it was a 10-year adjustable rate mortgage, which means that for the first 10 years of the mortgage, the rate was, say, for example, going to be something like 
five percent or three four and three quarters something like that and then after the on on the eleventh year the rate was going to adjust to whatever the prevailing market rate was now here let's start let's just have the conversation there most people will not be in a house for ten years so that's going to be a good move for most people but what the builders do and what you need to learn how to do because builders can do this but so can you helping your borrowers work with their lenders so they can qualify for homes as well is then you can buy the interest rate down and Katie said, didn't she say they were doing like two different things to buy the rates down? Well, it's a it's called a two one buy down, so it adjusts once and then it adjusts twice. Um, and I think that she the first the intro rate and the reason builders do that is to help borrowers qualify for more based on their payment, right? So you lower the interest rate, the payment goes down as well. Uh, so the initial rate for one year, I think it was like three and three quarters. It, it was something very like low. And then the next year, I think it was four and something. And then it, it ends up adjusting for, I think, 10 years uh, at five something, which is better than what you're going to do on a 30-year fixed. Here's here's the thing that we're finding. So, so there's different adjustable rates. She's talking about an adjustable rate. Anytime you hear adjustable rate, it means that you have a an introductory rate for a certain amount of time. That can be one year, three years, five years, 10 years. We've seen 15-year arms as well. Okay, so just because it adjusts, then you have to ask how many times does it adjust? So, But someone can buy down the rate on an adjustable rate mortgage yes. and have it be essentially... And then lock it in as well. You can, and, and then, you can do both. Right, and then lock it in. So the moral of the story was is that if you're not learning how to be more dynamic in the offerings for your potential buyers or sellers, you're going to become obsolete because other agents are. Other people are going to know how to make deals happen, and you don't, and you won't because you're still stuck in the belief that somehow magically things are going to go back to the way they were a year ago. You're going to see more headwinds to agents with low skills or no skills, and those agents are going to needlessly suffer because they're going to be stuck in the paradigm of buying leads. I got my license today. I need to join a team. I need to work on my branding. I need to buy leads from, what did you call it, Ziller? <laughs> from Zillow. Yeah, I need to do all this. No, you need to learn how to be a real estate professional. And a real estate professional, just like any professional, your real mission is life in life is to solve the other problem for the you know solve the problem of the other person, and that other person is your customer. So if you're not able to solve their problem because you don't know how, then you're essentially not a very good professional, and you're not going to stay in the business because people won't choose to do business with you. The reason that one person does more deals than the other is because the other person has figured out how to provide a, the higher level of service or more specifically are able to help more people solve the other people's problems. Thus, the uh, obviously, the word of mouth and the, the goodwill that comes from uh, all that will rain more opportunities on the agent who's a high-skilled agent. That's exactly right. And so here's what the change that we see happening. Everything you just described, but specifically with regards to mortgages, you know, people would say, well, hang on, Tim and Julie, isn't that the job of the mortgage originator to bring these things up? Well, they have the same issue you do. We have a generation of mortgage originators and processors um, who have never had to present anything really except for a 30-year fixed. But let's give them some drill down on that, too. Because yes. these are all real. I know we're talking to people right now who are, because of what they're hearing us say, are going to be able to help people at a higher level and make money. So I'm, Absolutely. I'm, I'm pumped up about that. Yep. So they will not only have problems finding loan officers um, that know how to essentially do different kinds of mortgages, but they're going to find that they are going to be challenged by finding mortgage companies, correct? not just the loan officers, because the loan officers might not have the product. So you go to a typical yep. loan officer in the, quite a lofty uh you know, title for someone who's basically a mortgage salesperson. You guys have to admit that. Yeah. Anyway, so you're going to go to your typical loan officer, and the loan officer is going to have five or ten products that they're going to 
you know, say this is the different types of products we have depending on the different borrowers, you know, how much they're going to borrow in their credit and whatever else. Well, that menu of different mortgages might not be the same as another mortgage broker who has a completely different set of products. So unless you're going and searching out for the bro- the different mortgage uh, brokers, mortgage salespeople who have a, the greatest variety of products, and you might find, this is what Julie and I did when we sold real estate, we had a loan officer for um, the lower end stuff, middle range stuff, and upper end stuff. Because the lower end stuff guy, he could get access to the mortgage stuff for the upper end, but the upper end customers were frankly, you know, they wanted a different experience than what the guy who was working mostly with, say, first time buyers and maybe some marginal buyers, the service level he was used to providing. You guys get it? So these are all the different ways you have to start expanding your thinking. It's no, there is no one size fits all loan officer. And unfortunately, your loan officers, they will never tell you that they don't have the product. They won't even say, well, you know what, Bob, you need to go next door because ABC Mortgage has got a product that's perfect for your borrower. They're going to say, these are the products we've got available. We have to somehow fit the round peg in the square hole. In other words, we have to somehow get your borrower to accept this mortgage, even though there are more competitive products on the market. That all goes back to you as a real estate professional, knowing what else is out there. And here's one of the little things that will give you an unfair advantage in the marketplace, like what Katie was describing in her text. If you know of a particular builder, for example, that's being creative with more, uh, financing, or if you know of a particular bank or several lenders, uh, you're going to have, again, an unfair advantage in the marketplace. And I can give you guys tons of examples, but one just popped to mind. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when Countrywide, mm-hmm. and this was back, oh, this is dating us, right? Because country, Countrywide came and went, yep. but we were selling real estate in Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And Countrywide started, uh, you know, obviously was becoming a national lender, mm-hmm. and they were undercutting all of the local lenders, not yes. by a little, but by a but crap by a ton. And uh-huh. they didn't have all their overlays, which made it so more people That's could right. get mortgages. And I bet you it was within 12 months, the uh-huh. Countrywide had captured probably, at least from the resale uh, realtors like right. we were, I bet you they captured at least 50% of at the business. At least. I yeah. mean, I remember distinctly, because we did roundtable closing, so I was there for the mortgage signing, right? It was like everybody did countrywide. Every single closing for a good like six month stretch, unless there was something unusual about the borrower, everybody went to countrywide. They also had this thing they were it doing. It was more than that. It lasted years. And where yeah. countrywide went wrong is they started doing subprime loans. That's right. It lasted until subprime. But they did some interesting creative things. Like they had a clause in there that said that, and this was way before like mortgage crash caused people to even think about this, but they had this thing that everybody liked, which was if you lose your job, you are okay for six months. We, yeah. They had like this, I forget what they called it. It was like a homeowner's um, mortgage insurance happiness program or something. <laughs> and and where they wouldn't report your credit. They, it was basically like a mini mod, essentially, or a mini forbearance that was baked into the mortgage documents where if that happened, you were good. And the builders loved this because it was a selling point. The builders were pushing business to Countrywide as well. So I think Katie is wise to share that, and I appreciate that because – Builders are on the front lines of this because all of their cost of building, everything is going up. They don't want to stop selling their product, so they immediately got creative on the financing. So watch what the builders do to get an idea of what's possible. By the way, your bright orange shirt is reminding me of something. Katie Katie is part of our EXP Realty Group, yep. and if you guys are interested in joining EXP Realty for the month for this month, what we're doing is everyone who is personally sponsored by Julie Knight EXP Realty, you guys are going to get a free membership to Premier Coaching, and Premier Coaching is a three thousand dollar coaching program. So if you're looking for a sponsor who obviously is going to be incredibly proactive 
in your success, not just selling real estate, but at eXp Realty. Julie and I are formally applying for the job of being your eXp Realty sponsor. If this is something you're interested in, which all of you should be, 512-758-0206 is my cell phone number. Do not call. I will not answer, but do text. And again, for those of you who are ready to join eXp Realty, this is not for agents in eXp Realty already. This is just for agents who are interested in joining eXp Realty. Please do text me directly at 512-758-0206. And for this month, if you're personally sponsored by Julie uh, and myself, we will allow you to have free access to Premier Coaching. Again, it's 512-758-0206. All right, Julie, let's get back to these points because we have five points to cover, and I love – Actually, I'm really excited about the third one we're going to present because it's frankly right. my it's my favorite. I source. know, me too. Yeah. So, point number eleven. I'll get you started. Okay. Search all neighborhoods for half done flips, and I'll tell you where I got this idea. Mm-hmm. So, I got an, an email from Julie, and I have some properties in Las Vegas that are rentals, and we, I, we still are on mailing lists for these different companies that are um, like work with the banks for getting rid of properties. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that a lot of the emails that I've been receiving lately, and it's never that many houses, one or two or sure. whatever, but they're all half-done flips. Mm-hmm. And they're all recent half-done flips. Yep. So what happens there? I'll tell you what happened. is uh, Bob and Betty decided that they, you know, they watched Flip That House, <laughs> and they probably went out and bought a house using hard money, and then they probably borrowed uh, against their credit cards to try to do this flip. Their expenses went through the roof to do the flip because lumber prices are up. I mean, everyone talks about lumber prices, but it's such a great example. I mean, I heard that a two-by-four went from like $0.88 cents to like – I don't even remember the, the cost differentiation. But it, it was like 5,000x more expensive just for cost of supplies right. in certain aspects. But anyway, so they get into it. They realize that they're uh, not going to make any money. Not only are they not going to make any money, that they're going to lose money. Uh, the hard money lender then basically forecloses on the property, gets the property back, and then they use these various different ways of uh, essentially trying to wholesale the house again. That's what we're starting to see an increase of, but these are not; these are mostly half-done flips. So one of the things you could do is go to the half-done, half-baked house flipper <laughs> and see if you right. can get that listing. Any other thoughts uh, on that? Like ideally before it's foreclosed on or something like that. But so how do you find those? Well, you guys are driving around all day, every day, looking for property, showing property, going on listing appointments. You really do tend to come across those when you're out and about. But sometimes you will see those in the MLS. Sometimes you will see them on neighborhood sites or, you know, you may have one going on in your neighborhood. Stop by, get to know what's going on. And we'll give you an ancillary suggestion on that one. Now, this one's a little bit deep in the weeds, not a good fit for everyone. But, you know, you do occasionally uh, run across what the industry calls a hard money lender. Mm -hmm. Julie and I have done some hard money lending before. And basically what that is is when someone wants, they need just temporary financing and they can't get it anywhere else for whatever reason. So you'll give someone a hard money loan, and sometimes it'll be for you know fifty thousand, or other times twenty five thousand, or sometimes a hell of a lot more. We had a hard money lender that we work with for some of our problem clients in Columbus, and mm-hmm. he would loan up to a million dollars. But the deal was, is the interest rate was a little bit onerous, and you had to refinance him out of the deal within a certain amount of time, or he got to foreclose. So uh, the other suggestion we have, again, might be a little deep in the weeds for some of you, is find some of these hard money lenders, and you'll find the hard money lenders from the guys that are doing the investing, and ask who their lender is, and then ask the lender what they do when someone needs to cash out of a property, because that might be another great source of listing leads. Now, something else that's not on our list, but I'm going to give you guys this since you're such loyal podcast listeners, is start going to all the investor meetups. That's not a point, is it? I can't remember because they're not all in front of me. It might yeah. be. It might start, be. That's okay. Start going to all the investor meetups. Mm-hmm. Every sing- and every single town has a place 
where uh, the wholesalers will then meet with people that are wanting to do flips. And these are usually organized. You can find the groups through Facebook, meetup.com. Actually, we did talk about this yesterday. Mm -hmm. But if you start going there, you're going to start meeting more people that are in the wholesale. Now, while a wholesale is, wholesaler is, is somebody that thinks that they're going to be able to find some distressed seller or some seller that's willing to sell for less than retail. And then they then will put the house in some form of contract. And then they'll sell that contract. I'm oversimplifying it, but this is how it works, to what usually will be a house flipper. The way that uh, A finds B is that, first of all, the wholesaler will have to run a lot of ads, sometimes spending thousands of dollars per month. This is the reason that Julie and I don't teach this, spending thousands of uh, dollars a month, kissing a lot of frogs, and occasionally find somebody has Prince potential, right? And then they put the house in contract, and then they're given a, a certain amount of time to try to wholesale that house uh, from the owner. Usually it's a you know homeowner, uh, not an institution off to what will be essentially the person that wants to buy it and rehab it and flip it and the rest of it. That They try to margin the contract. That's basically how these guys make their money. They don't have to have real estate licenses to do this. Again, that's not something we teach. Not That's the end of the uh, investment into the industry is so, um, you know, frankly gross that Julie and I don't spend a lot of time in that end of the, yeah. end of the pond. It's not someplace we like to swim because it has so many charlatans that are occupying that space. But you can go to these investor things and you get to meet the guys that are doing the wholesaling. You get to meet the guys that are doing the flipping. You might trip over some hard money loan uh, lenders. Sometimes the guys doing the flipping also do hard money lending. And you can start creating conversations with folks. Now, why the hell would they want to talk with you? Because they know you're on the front lines and you're going to stumble across opportunities and you're then going to bring them opportunities. One of the things that we suggest all of you do is create a, and this is what the wholesalers do. So wholesalers will get together a bunch of house flippers that they'll, you know, and they'll put together usually an email list. And the email list could be, you know, don't don't make it too complicated. It could be SMS, it could be email, it could be WhatsApp, it could be a Facebook group. And then when they come across a house that they have essentially secured that they want to wholesale, then they'll post it up and it's first come, first serve. And it's basically whoever acts the fastest on the house flipping side will be able to get the, secure the property. That's how that industry works. Well, you guys can be part of that same group, and you can start learning about these properties. You then can find out who secured the property. You then can go out and get to know that person who's uh, flipping the house and create relationships that way. This is how you essentially earn business and earn money in a changing market like this. And if you're wondering where all the listings are, they are to be found exactly where we're describing to find them. It's a function of you, just you know, frankly, to start looking for them and doing the real work. And again, going back to our first day of this series, just going to the MLS and looking for homes for sale is obsolete. That will not work anymore. And for those of you who are driving around looking for a blockbuster to rent a DVD, then same problem, right? right. <laughs> you guys get the point? It's an obsolete way to find real estate. You have to go out and find real estate the good old-fashioned way, which is doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to uh, do it at the highest level. Point number 12, Julie Harris. Point number 12, condo or apartment conversions. There are still new or newer neighborhoods or buildings that have been have been rentals but are now becoming resales. There's different flavors of this. I see this from coaching clients, especially who sell very urban environments like Miami, Chicago, um, L.A. has a lot of this type of thing. They can be older apartment buildings that are converting into condos, or they could be newer ones like uh, Las Vegas has a lot of these that had become high-end apartments and then now are becoming resales. We'll give you guys an example because we have known some units in, these, in this development. It's Loft 5, and it's in Las Vegas, and these were originally developed um, during the boom, and they were – 
these postmodern, you know, I think they're amazing. Julie thinks they look like East German army barracks, but I think they're awesome. <laughs> Let's just say modern. Yeah, they're very, very modern, kind of cold and stark and something you'd picture on Cementi. the cement. Cementy. Cementy has very has cement overtones, but I think they're cool. Anyway, so we own some of these. Now, we bought these when they were um, with the FDIC, and Julie and I bought these through auction.com when the lender was dumping them. Now, we actually bought ours that had been foreclosed upon that were purchased by investors and then we were buying them we bought them i'm back in like 07 08 so you can imagine back then now these here's the amazing thing these originally were retailing back then for 475 all the way up to like 550 600 and when they were selling at the bottom of the market they were selling for 100 105 now here's what happened uh, there was only in these uh, many buildings there were only a few that ended up in the hands of end users or uh, investors like Julie and I, the rest were sold, and the a big bulk of them were sold. I think it was by wasn't the FDIC. I think uh, BlackRock ended up selling something like that. Some institutional investor ended up with them, but sold the whole mess of them to a one investor who now Start owns all of them. No, nope, this is owned by an individual oh, right. Gallo Silver Tech Company. That's right. Yep, and so she sold her tech company. She bought a whole bunch of investment properties in Las Vegas. Why am I telling you all this? Because those units were originally designed uh, to be retail units. They were originally designed to be sold onto the market. As condos. As condos, right. She kept them as rental properties because obviously they're great rental properties. Mm -hmm. Now, I would imagine that considering how many buildings there are, considering what the market's doing right now, there probably is a chance that if you were to approach the owner uh, and you were to ask them, well, you know, you realize now that you could probably 5x your return on investment of each of these units. Actually, I believe her entry point was less than 100 grand per unit, so her she could easily 5x. Uh, so if she sold one building, she could make tens of millions of dollars just off the fact that she bought these when the market was flat. Now that would be an interesting conversation for you guys to have on a micro level in your marketplace of any of these originally developed to be condo units that were converted to rental units after the boom that might want to come back on the market as uh, condo units. There are lots of those all over the country. You just have to dig a little bit deeper. Well, so one way to find them is to do a year-built search. These would probably be like 2004 to 2007, somewhere in that realm. But there's another advantage to having those conversations with investors that have multiple properties. That's one conversation, potentially a lot of listings that could come down the pipe. So the next one, I think, is perhaps our mutual favorite, which is point number 13, expired listings. Yes, you knew it was coming. Recent expireds, older expireds, really old expireds, you probably can get them their price in today's market. Offer to provide a new comparative market analysis and see what this does to their plans. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Old expireds, new expireds. If, if Julie and I were to get back in the business, that is the absolute first thing that we would start going after. And a lot of times it's similar to calling your centers of influence past clients, frankly. They have no clue how much the property is worth. They know it's you know a great investment most likely, but maybe it expired a year ago, a year and a half ago at whatever six hundred thousand, and they don't realize now it's worth eight hundred thousand. So you call that expired up. Not only are they going to be thrilled that you called, but they're going to be more than happy to pay your commission because you're now going to create a liquidity event for them that maybe they didn't even realize was so beneficial. So old expireds, new expireds, and one of the greatest sources to get expired uh, information is Red X. That's the service Julie and I used when we sold real estate. 
And Red X basically, well, not even basically, what they do is they go into the, uh, the MOS and public records. They find phone numbers. They find all the mortgage information. So they, in the morning, you turn on your computer. You not only have all the new expireds, but you have access to the old expireds for sale by owners, a lot of other housing data. And these are the best leads ever because, yes, you have to pay Red X for doing that work, but you're not paying a referral fee for these leads. You're not paying a per lead fee. You're not you know, being subject to any of this Mickey Mouse that's out there in the marketplace right now. You do have to have skills, so you are going to have to know what to say and how to say it. And, but, you know, frankly, Red X is the first uh, pillar you should put into your proactive lead generation plan. And for our podcast listeners, they're offering $150 off. Just text the word RED, R-E-D, text the word RED, R-E-D, to 47372. Text the word RED to 47372. When you do, you're going to have to, you know, click saying, yes, you want the information, and then you click yes. And then what happens is you're going to be sent a link, and with that link, you can subscribe to Red X for $150 off. A huge savings Great time of year to start on expireds. Obviously, use our coaching and training to really get your skills on so you can go after those uh, expireds. Again, perfect time of the year, but frankly, perfect time in this real estate cycle, this macro cycle we're going through to learn how to be a proactive lead generator because all of your competitors are all based on basing their future success on buying business and doing passive stuff. You need to pivot towards where every, where no one else is, and that's going to be doing the proactive lead generation. By comparison, nobody else is. So absolutely positively have Red X be one of the first things that you do to organize yourself in that direction. Text the word RED, R-E-D, to 47372. And remember, message and data rates may apply. Okay, so next point, number 14, for sale by owners, otherwise lovingly known as unrepresented sellers, especially when they are older than two weeks on the market and haven't sold particularly if they've done two rounds of open houses. That is about the time they lose their will to be a for sale by owner and are open to talking to a real estate professional such as yourself. And again, just like expireds, you are in today's market very likely to get them what they're asking, if not more. And we teach you the scripts of how to get them there. And I was just going through my mental uh, list of private coaching clients, the elite clients. And I would say that uh, probably 80% of them currently have at least one expired pending in their pendings. And many times they're selling it to their own buyer. And the rest of them ha- have or are getting this week for sale by owners. So it, here's one thing I have to point out that we didn't talk about with expireds and for sale by owners. This is a category where you don't have to make tons and tons of contacts to win. I had many calls where it's like three contacts took a listing. It's a very low ratio, especially compared to some of the other things you guys are messing around with. Well, because why? Because a for sale by owner, for the most part, just wants to sell the property. Now, there is a good bit of ego that's involved for sure. But unlike a normal market, the problem you have with for sale by owners in a normal market is almost always their price. But in this market, as wackadoodle as it is to say, you don't really have to be that focused on price because even an overpriced house because of lack of inventory, even a house in dodgy location or sketchy condition True. is still going to sell in most marketplaces. So your job is just to get in front of these sellers that already have their hands in the air wanting to sell the property. Now, the question you have to ask yourself is why aren't they listing with an agent in the first place? And the answer you're going to be shocked to learn is because they simply do not know a real estate agent, believe it or not, Right. They don't know a real estate agent. They're not married to one. They don't have a license, you know, unlike the rest of the world. This is the this is the uh, canary that does not have a, in the coal mine that does not have a real estate license. You can uh, then call those people. And here's the real bottom line. Mr. Seller, listen, I appreciate the fact that you um, want to sell the property yourself. And, you know, the fact is I'm positive you can. You've done a great job conditioning the house. 
The house is, you know, really price-wise looks great. Everything about this property looks fantastic. No doubt in my mind whatsoever, Mr. Seller, you can sell this house yourself. But let me ask you a real quick question. If I were to pop by with a buyer, a buyer that's willing to pay your price closer on your schedule, this buyer has no issues with their inspection, no issues with their appraisal, no issues whatsoever. And the check I hand you at closing meets or significantly exceeds the amount of money you'd be able to get selling it yourself. And I can prove this to you, Mr. Seller. Why wouldn't you list the house with me? It would only make sense that you would put the burden on my shoulders because this way you have your cake and eat it too. Now, why did I position it like that? Because you got to really ingratiate yourself with the seller and tell them and give them the mental and emotional payoff of having been successful selling the house themselves. Because what you'll discover when you're working for sale by owners, and this is almost always a male phenomenon, is the men are trying to do something to impress somebody else, their neighbor, their friend, their wife, their whatever, okay? And we've, you guys will experience this when you get more with for sale by owners. So if you give the, ho- the husband usually or the man the satisfaction of uh, you know, praising him for everything he's done to get the property sold and letting him have that sense of, uh, of winning had he sold the house by listing it with you, then you're going to get the listing. What agents will do, and this is a huge mistake, it's a huge mistake in life in general, is they take a combative approach. They try to beat the seller over the head with statistics on how the average for sale by owner lists and sells for less and how this is the other thing and all the best buyers are working with agents. Look, all these places, all these scripts, frankly, and techniques have a place in a normal market. They don't have a place now because the reality of it is a for sale by owner can't sell their house themselves. But the reality is also statistically you will sell it for more and oftentimes significantly more because the for sale by owners are not going to have access to the same cutting edge data that you are. They're not going to know the market like you are. So they're not going to realize that the house that, you know, their house that they priced 30 days ago is now worth 10% more. They're not going to know that, which by the way, that one month of increase in value, that inflation more than covers the cost of hiring you to sell the house. So what you're doing is you're giving them a sense of relief that you're going to take care of all the legalities, all the issues, all the inspections, all the annoying showings, all the people problems, all the blah, 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 of which those are legitimate problems, right? Those are issues you're going to have to deal with as a professional. And Mr. Seller, it doesn't cost you anything to hire me because I will easily be able to cover the cost of selling the house, all my selling fees. In addition to that, the amount of money, that I, the size of the check I'm going to hand you at closing, even after all the selling fees will be significantly more, potentially massively more than you'll be able to sell it yourself. Mr. Seller, why wouldn't you list the house with me? And here's what the seller will say. By the way, a version of that is obviously available as a premier coaching member, and it gives you a lot more drilled down detail. That is, in essence, the exact script that Julie and I created our first year in the business when we sold over 103 homes when we are in our early 20s, and I'm not going to tell you guys how many years ago that was, but it wasn't more, it was significant, it was a couple decades maybe. <laughs> okay? But the point I'm trying to tell you is it worked then? It works now because the FISBOs all want the same exact thing. And what you'll be shocked and amazed and thrilled to learn is that the FISBOs will always say, all sellers, by the way, they'll always say the same things in the same order. So when you're reading one of our scripts that we've written, and we do not make these available for free, you have to be a coaching member. When you're reading the script, we're going to tell you what to say, and then you're going to see, uh, in essence, in brackets, what the seller is most likely to say or different slight versions of what the seller is going to say, and then what you say. And you're going to read the script, 
And first, it's going to feel clunky, and it's going to feel weird, and it's going to feel fake, and you're not going to like it. But then what happens over time is when you see it working especially, you're going to then internalize it, and then you're going to personalize it. You're going to make it your own script to the point where it's going to just flow out of you without you thinking. That is called, you know, that's essentially the levels of learning, and that's when you're entering into the phase where you're going to ha essentially have mastery of being a great proactive lead generator. Up until then, it feels a little wonky, but that's just the way it goes. Just push your way through it anyway. It's just like learning anything new. But what you'll soon discover is every single seller says the exact same thing, in essence, at the exact same point. So why the hell are you making it so difficult on yourself, thinking that you have to somehow trick the marketplace by branding and marketing and buying business? Go directly after the sellers that have their homes in the air, uh, have their hands in the air right now saying, yes, I want to sell my home. It just makes sense, right? And by the way, if you guys want to join our coaching program urgently, just text the word JOIN to 47372. Text the word JOIN, J-O-I-N, to 47372. And you can schedule yourself to have a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches. They're also going to give you the real estate treasure map, but also answer any questions you have about our premier coaching program. Text the word JOIN, J-O-I-N, to 47372. And you can choose your day and your time of your free coaching session. All right, Julie, point number 15. All right, two more points. Number 15, absentee owners. There are lots of companies that provide these lists of information. RE-investorlist.com is one. There's actually a lot of them, and they're not that expensive to use. So you'll get the address, make sure it's not already listed, and connect with the owners to see what their plan is for the property. Offer a free comparative market analysis to help them decide. Remember, not everybody knows the price of what their home is worth. Same point as before, but these are people who clearly are not living in the house. So what an absentee owner is, basically, is the way that these list companies find out who the absentee owners are. It's when the tax bill, generally speaking, is sent to a, a different address than the subject address. That's all. That's, yeah, in essence, what the easy. data is. But you will then discover, as Julie just said, uh, you know, you'll get landlords, you'll get uh, sometimes involuntary landlords, people that are stuck with houses. You'll get people that were bought properties and investments and it didn't work out. You're going to get a whole litany of people that probably are going to be at one stage or uh, another ready to sell the house, especially when you call them and tell them they won the real estate lottery. Mr. Seller, do you realize what your house is worth in this market? Those are the conversations. If you guys are in any way uh, fearful of making uh, prospecting calls, proactively generation calls, just understand that every conversation you're going to have, the seller is going to be thrilled to talk to you because you're telling them nothing but good news, right? That's not a normal market. No, Trust me. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. For you not to embrace it is bonker balls. Right. That's <laughs> what we're trying. Bonker balls. Exactly. Every single seller you're going to talk to for at least probably the next 18 months is going to be thrilled with what you have to tell them because you're going to be inflation, unemployment, politics, blah, 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 blah. But you are the bright light in their day where you're going to say, Mr. Seller, you know that house you bought five years ago? You know, that property, yeah, the one on the other side of town where you thought you were going to be a Mr. Fix-It and you're, you turned into a long-term rental. Well, I have great news for you. That place is now worth double what you paid for it. You are a brilliant investor. Now let's cash out. Congratulations. You won the real estate lottery. Yes, exactly. What does that do to your plans, right? <laughs> so I know you and I, who do this all the time, all day long, we play this game with each other. You'll look up something. You'll go, you're not going to believe what this rental we bought in 1998 is now worth. It's incredible. Yeah. So don't think everybody already knows that. It's well, your job to tell them. But but it's worth pointing this out, Julie. It's don't get – like Julie and I, we've been married for 31 years. We've been buying rental st real estate for 31 – well, basically 30 years. So you're going to hear and people like us uh, celebrate our victories, but our victories did not come from flipping. No. Our victories came from holding and never selling. And I know that puts your money in money jail in essence because it's hard to leverage. But here I'll give you guys a quick – you know, if you want to talk investing, here's a quick you know, thought for you. 
Buy property, never sell it. Buy property that's easily rented, single-family homes prominently. Those should always be your first uh, handful of homes. A lot of people will argue with me, and that's fine. But uh, single-family homes are easiest to rent, appreciate the most, uh, and also are going to be, frankly, generally speaking, the best long-term holds because of the fact that single-family home neighborhoods have a tendency not to go with big upswings and downswings, as you will, in multifamily areas. Multifamily areas where you have a bunch of you know, uh, multifamily homes or multifamily buildings, and they're owned by a, different, a bunch of different investors, as those properties start to go through maintenance cycles, who's to say whether the investor down the road is going to keep his place painted and the roofs cleaned, and the next thing, he's going to drop his rent, and that's going to trash the rental potential yep. of all the whole damn street, even though yours are in tip-top shape. That's the problem of which many also you know, fall from multifamilies that you don't deal with with single families. But the best time to plant a tree was you know, 10 years ago, but the second best time to plant a tree is now, and that goes with buying homes too. Now, don't look for real estate just primarily in your backyard. I don't know where your backyard is, but if you were in our backyard, trust me, this is not a good place to buy rental real estate. It's no. too expensive. But if we're in North Carolina or if we're – I'm going, there's a whole – South Carolina – Columbus, Ohio, in certain areas, other places around the country that before were maybe considered B markets or C markets. Everyone wants to buy on the coast. You want to buy in Florida and Texas and all that. But these other ancillary markets, look for communities that are near a city center and near, and usually city centers have multiple uh, colleges or universities around. Now, why do we look for those things prominently? And those are the first things we look for because uh, the people that work for the state who live gener- who in the state's offices are generally located in the city center, they don't get fired. They will keep their jobs forever, and they always want to buy or sell real estate, and they get automatic raises when inflation increases. Mm-hmm. Those are good long-term tenants. And a lot of times, if they have crappy credit, they're going to lose their jobs. So you have a built-in you know, pool of really potentially good um, you know, tenants or you know, down the road if you choose to sell it, which you shouldn't, purchasers. Now, secondarily, same thing goes true with people that work at colleges and universities. And we do not, we're not advocates of renting to students. I don't think we ever have. But guess what? Those, those uh, TAs and the professors and all the other people that work as part of these you know, colleges, universities, another great pool of investors, you know, rather, I'm sorry, of tenants yeah. and potentially of uh, if you ever go to sell it. You guys get the idea? You don't, if you buy something that's rural in the middle of nowhere, uh, you're obviously going to have very few people you can rent that to. But if you buy in areas that are – and there's tons of places like this in, in the United States, tons the United States, if covered with cities that no one ever talks about, that has that exact formula of what Julie and I look for for rental properties. You should remember the best time to have planted a tree was 10 years ago. The second best time to plant a tree is now. So don't think it's too late for you. It's absolutely not. And 10 years from now, you're going to be thrilled that you bought whatever you bought now, even if it feels a little pricey, because frankly, it is a little pricey. You're going to be paying retail unless you can buy something you know, from a wholesale a wholesaler or whatever else, which, you know, we talked about a couple points ago. Yes. Yeah, so point number 16, vacation rentals, VRBOs, vacation rental by owners, what that stands for. You also have homeaway.com. There's a lot of different sites for this, but VRBO is probably the most common. Look at the rental history and pursue property owners who own homes in the areas that you or your buyers want to see. I said, look at the rental history because our coaching clients have found that the ones that are uh, VRBOs, but they, they're not renting all the time. Those sellers seem to be more open to finding out what it's now worth, and maybe they would consider selling versus continuing to keep it as a rental. Here's the cool thing. Their phone numbers and email addresses are almost always listed online right next to their ad for the property. 
Most of the VRBOs are experiencing new rules, which now limit their rental options, thus reducing their profitability. So there were, and I think they're scammy, and I'm not going to mention any names, but there were a lot of scammy uh, you know, investor types that were going around telling you guys to sign long-term leases and then essentially make those long-term rentals into short-term rentals. In other words, you rent a place, you sign a two-year lease, and then you make it a VRBO and you make the margin on it. Now, you know, I personally have a lot of problems with that as a property owner. But if for some reason a property owner was down with the fact that you're going to be, you know, essentially running a lot of people in and out of the house, well, that's between you and the landlord. But how many of those VRBO uh, folks now are these long-term types who would love to get rid of the property, didn't realize what a landmine it was going to be? How many of these guys bought these properties with borrowed money, and maybe the borrowed money is becoming more expensive now because they did a variable rate loan on it? Be creative with who you're going to call. If somebody owns a property and you're going to call them and tell them, Call them and tell them. Call them and tell them. Not a letter, not a postcard, not like him on Facebook, not any of these other passive things you guys do. Call them and tell them. Use our scripts. When you call them and tell them and you say what the property is worth in this marketplace, every single one of them is going to be thrilled to talk to you. Now, don't just assume that they bought this as a long-term investment hedge or they're, you know, they're not most likely that sophisticated. They just somehow ended up with it and probably would love to sell it and you know buy a boat. You guys don't know. you got to make the calls. That's where the inventory is hidden. It's hidden in the hands of reluctant sellers who are waiting for the motivation to sell. You have to be the motivator. You have to be the one that's going to shine light on the fact that the market is crazy. There are lots of buyers that want to buy. And if you're looking, if you're talking with buyers who are reluctant to purchase, you need to ask them, how is their situation going to be any better a year from now if they wait? When prices are higher and interest rates are probably higher and their rent got increased. You got to put people in a place into the future sometimes when they're being reluctant and you got to motivate them by realizing that their future version of themselves is going to be so much grateful, more thankful, more better off financially and really spiritually and psychologically if they own than versus if they rent. And by the way, even if someone has to accept a mortgage rate that they don't necessarily like, they can refinance that. But I'll suggest you guys that though we don't believe interest rates are going to go crazy, we don't believe they're going to go through the roof, despite what the doomsayers will have you believe, uh, we do believe that they're not also going to go down. We do not think there's going to be a precipitous drop in interest rates for the foreseeable future, and that is years. So lock in something now. Do a 30-year fixed rate. You can buy down the interest rate on a 30-year fixed rate. Be creative. You guys listening to this podcast on a regular basis – you know that Julie and I are skills-based. You did not hear a single, a single gimmick idea. We did not talk to you about running social ads or creating squeeze pages or trying to essentially use uh, colors and thumbnails and everything else to try to manipulate people into taking action. We want you to take action by being proactive and going after the business. You intuitively know what we're telling you to do is going to get you to the end zone the fastest. You intuitively know at the end of the day, if you're going to survive and thrive in this business, you're going to have to learn how to do the proactive work. And if you don't, you also intuitively know that you're probably going to fail. So I would strongly suggest you take action now, be proactive now, learn how to actually be a professional real estate person. On the other side of this transition that we're entering into now, which will most likely last years, you're going to be so much stronger, so much more confident. You're going to be so much, frankly, richer, not just financially, but also as a person from all the people you've helped. This is your time, but you have to now learn how to have the skills to make it so that you're relevant. Otherwise, don't be surprised when essentially time passes you by. And that can happen at any age, by the way, not just when you're older. It happens actually a lot faster when you're younger. 
um, because you don't have the benefit of having a lot of you know long-term centers of influence and past clients and relationships and all the rest of it. Older folks always have an advantage in real estate because they know more people who are already in real estate. Younger people, most of your centers of influence and past clients, like when Julie and I got into business, they're not rent they're renting, they're not owning, they're maybe thinking about buying someday. So guys, it does not matter what your age is, what your experience level is, whether you're full-time or part-time, this can be the best market for you if you're willing to put in the effort. There are no easy buttons, there are no shortcuts, there are no, you know, no gimmicks. We're believers in doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Our message does not appeal to everyone, but that's fine because the people it appeals to, those are our people and those are the people that we want to help. Anything you'd like to say? Well, you know, there's an old saying which goes, take what the market's willing to give you. And I always think, it's, I, I just think to myself on all these coaching calls and talking to the coaches and hearing all these stories, what an enormous blessing this market is that it is handing you things to talk about, which are all positive. Okay, you've got to learn a little bit more about how interest rates work, but it's still extremely low. And the fact that every single call, you can talk about, can you believe what your house is, house is worth in today's market? That is unusual. I know it seems normal for many of you guys listening, but it is unusual. Just the fact that they don't have to learn, frankly, learn yet, guy, the way it's coming, guys. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that they don't have to learn how to doctor fill sellers about condition, about price, about location. Right. Just price the fact that, guys, listen, I promise you, when the market shifts, there are volumes of scripts you're going to have to learn and how to psychologically help the seller. Uh, realize that they need to, you know, it's called lowering realistic. lowering the price, but we say it, you know, nicely reposition the house in the market so it correctly reflects the market's expectations. But when the market starts to adjust, when homes don't sell themselves, when buyer expectations change, when sellers are still stuck in that, you know, greedy phase, where even though the prices aren't going to support their greed, all those types of things, that's when things get really hard. We're not there yet, but we are absolutely headed in that direction. So make the most of what this market has to yes. give you guys. That is really <laughs> the bottom sure. line, isn't it? Yep. And so for those of you who are interested in joining eXp Realty for this month only, when you join eXp Realty and Julie Harris is your sponsor at eXp Realty, we will be giving you premier coaching for free. And that does include a daily semi-private coaching call. So absolutely positively take action on that is for this month only. So if you're in the process of joining eXp Realty and you have not chosen a sponsor, just name Julie Harris from Georgetown, uh, Georgetown, Texas as your sponsor. Uh, Otherwise, you can just text me directly. I can answer any questions. 512-758-0206. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.